today's episode of Community Talk with Tommy, we'll be interviewing Yahida Padilla. Yahida's family owns El Tapatio, a Mexican restaurant here in Ashland over by a freeway exit slash entrance 19. And uh, immediately after the Almeida fire tore through the community here, a mutual aid station popped up there and really became one of the largest distribution hubs in the valley. Uh, totally organically. It was really an absolutely amazing thing to watch. Um, largely serving the Latinx and Latin American community here, it, it, it served as a meeting place and a central location for folks to get things that they really needed uh, after their homes burned in the fire. Things like water, food, clothing, basic essentials, hygienic supplies, stuff like that. Yahida is the one that really helped to catalyze, focus, and organize that effort. I mean, she is like the driving force behind it. And you can you can tell uh, in this interview just the amount of energy and passion and enthusiasm and love that she has for her community. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, it, it's a great story. It was a wonderful, wonderful community resource while it was happening and uh, this thing this distribution site uh that started very organically is continuing to shift and change and evolve along with the needs of the people and it's it's honestly a tremendous thing an inspiring thing to watch and and be privy to uh because it's community organizing at its best, in my opinion. So without further ado, it's my pleasure, absolute pleasure, to present to you Yahida Padilla. All right. Uh, Yahida, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with me today. Of course. My pleasure. So, um, just, I guess to start with, can you just tell me a little bit about you? You know, I think you grew up in the Valley Ooh. here, right? And so just tell me about you and your experience and what you do. And, Everything. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm oh, sorry. No, I'm you can say that. That's fine. Mind. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> sorry. I don't know the rules. <laughs> um, yeah. So we moved to the Valley. My family, ooh, my family did, um, when I was three. So in 97, yes, because my sister, my little sister was one at the time. And so, um, yeah, we moved to the Valley because my parents got an opportunity to own a restaurant and run a restaurant down here in the Valley. Um, so we grew up in Ashland. Um, yeah, we've been a part of the business, a part of the community for so, so long. My father throughout that time, of course, has built so many beautiful connections. Um, as far as I go, you know, I I love Southern Oregon, like Ashland and everything that comes with it. It's such a piece to me. So growing up, of course, you know, you tell yourself you want to go look at the big city and everything and try living elsewhere. And I tried that for a second and it just didn't fit. So I came back home. And yeah, I just found such a beauty, a different perspective, especially as an adult, um, to see how just really caring a lot of people here are in the Valley and very kind. Yeah. And it's just rare to find in other places in the world. Um, but yeah, so then I, I went to SOU for two years um, and had an amazing experience, grew up, um, traveled the world a little bit. And I currently work at a winery, Pascal Winery in Talent. Oh, cool. Um, I love my job. I love what I do. The wine scene is absolutely magnificent. There's always so much to learn. And so, yeah, currently working there. I mean, I'm pretty much laid off right now because of the pandemic. Um, if I'm lucky, I get a few hours in um, a week. But especially right now with the shutdown again, we're back closed up. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um as far as my life goes, I'm not too exciting. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's it's um, it's been a really big switch though. Um, going from you know being at home, being isolated, you know, just being to my family, and now being you know <laughs> around hundreds and hundreds of families. Um, 
is a really big difference in what my life looks like now. So um, as we all know, September 8th, um, there was the Alameda fire that came through the valley. Um, my family and I, we were staying at our house in Phoenix, and this is where I stay um, during school time when there was a district. Um, the My siblings stay in Ashland with my cousin so they can yes. go to the Ashland School District. And so we were all here, and we live in a part, like, right behind the high school in Phoenix, and it's pretty much, like, the straight way to um, the back roads, all the back roads to Jacksonville and everything. So we kept hearing sounds. We kept, you know, um, that day it was just very, like, a normal morning, and 1 o'clock hit, and we saw a line of cars on our back, like on our street. And we were like, hmm. <laughs> That's not our, normal. <laughs> our street is not busy. Like if yeah. we get maybe, you know, a few cars every couple minutes, but it's not a busy street. So for it to be at a standstill, we were like, something's going on. So we got, because we didn't hear an alarm. We didn't hear anything. So no warning, nothing. So we get on our phones, like check on my social media. And Nidia, Alicia, um, she is, oh my gosh, she's my older sister. Honestly, we grew up together as well. And I looked at her live and she was like, it already hit talent. If you are in Phoenix, please like run, (laughs) get your stuff, get out of there because it's coming straight to you. Yeah. And so... We grab our stuff. Um, We have six dogs. And so, you know, it was a lot of stuff happening. Even the dogs were freaking out. My poor babies, (laughs) they were, you know, not okay either. But we ended up making it to Grants Pass. Um, We got evacuated again, actually, more towards Jackson. And then we were like, let's just go straight to Grants Pass with my auntie because we got evacuated. Mm. And so we were like, let's play it safe. So we ended up being Grants Pass for about two days. During this time, my father... He was stuck in Ashland. He was at the restaurant. And so we didn't know where he was, what was going on, if he was okay, because the power was out, water wasn't running, his phone was not on. And so we're trying to figure out what's going on. And he reaches out to us. He was like, yeah, I just had, you know, a lot of people trying to leave town that were just stuck in Ashland. So we're just here and I'm just trying to feed everybody, make sure everybody's kind of, you know, having water calming down a little bit. And yeah. So then, so he off the bat, like day one has been supporting and helping everybody um, with everything. We were my aunties for about two days and we couldn't be there any longer. We were like, we need to get out there. And so we decided to come and, you know, check if our house was still standing. And thank goodness it it is, it was. And so we were like, okay, amazing. Now, and our street was like the last street of the cutoff. So we were able to at least come back into our house, rewater it in case the fires came back. Um, My dogs were outside with my aunties. So they were inhaling all of the smoke and I just couldn't have that for my babies. And so we just, I decided to come back to the house without any power or water um, and stay here until, you know, because my dogs were just a lot more comfortable here. And so the good thing is we do have two stories because downstairs, even in our house, the smoke like consistency was so unhealthy. You could yeah. see particles. It was so scary and yeah. so just unhealthy. Did you guys have so, good masks or anything like respirators? Oh, definitely. Or, we yeah. didn't have any respirators, but I did always keep my mask on in the house until we went upstairs upstairs it was like night and day and so we slept upstairs in my parents room and just kind of stayed there with everybody um because it was me and my brother he decided to not let me stay in the house by myself which was very kind of him and very sweet of him and so we stayed here while everybody else stayed in grand's pass but yeah so then friday came and when we got back into the house and my sisters and I were like, okay, well, everything we have is still here. Let's grab everything we can and take it to the restaurant since people are responding to my dad and he's already working with some people and just, you know, see what we can do to bring some sort of relief to these families. Cause you know, a lot of these families are my family. Like they're actually my family, my aunties and my blood and my cousins and my friends and yeah. People in the community I grew up with, like, so 
yeah, so we go to Walmart, we go to Rite Aid, we go to Buy Mart, we go everywhere we can and can start like grabbing as much stuff as we can afford and stick it in a car and start making care packages that night. We end up putting pretty much an entire day of work and only did about 10 care packages. So we were like, okay, we need to go get more stuff and figure out how to do more. But for now, at least we can have like help 10 families. Right, which is still, so, I mean, that's still 10 families, and those yeah, 10 families got to be super Exactly, grateful. exactly. Yeah. And so we didn't worry too much about it until we were like, okay, let's just look at what, you know, the response is tomorrow. We announced it. Um, we spread the word, you know, and let our family know. And the next day it was about 200 to 300 different cars literally, like, waiting for us. At the restaurant? When we were pulling up. At the restaurant. Okay, so, so... There was no parking. There was... Everybody was parking on the street. All of our neighbors and their parking lots were filled. We couldn't even drive in to, like, drop our stuff off. Wow. And so, um, we had a clear way. So, so... And, fire hits on Tuesday. And then yeah. you said Friday you guys are going out. You'd been in Grants Pass for a couple of days. You come back to your house in Phoenix. Your dad has been in Ashland this whole time, right? Like, at, at the restaurant trying yes. to help people out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you guys start making care packages on Friday, you said. You made 10? On Friday, we announced it. So it, it was okay. actually Thursday night that we started making the packages, and Friday was the first day that we started the relief work. Okay. Um, and then is it Saturday the we, day that the, those hundreds of people showed up? It was Friday that the hundreds of people showed okay. up. Okay, wow. And so, because we announced it Thursday night, and then Friday was the first day that we were like, okay, this is the day we're going to have all this stuff. And literally, we were so overwhelmed. We were like, oh, crap. I think we need more stuff. Like, this is not enough. Um, we didn't anticipate or know how bad it was until we saw it. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. It was a lot. And it is a lot. And so, the beautiful thing is that, you know, when people were driving up into the city of Ashland, we're put, we're put right outside the city. Uh, the restaurant is. And so everybody that's driving into Ashland is seeing all of this happen. They're seeing all the cars and they're like, there they are. And so immediately I had the high school call me and I had people bringing me stuff. By the end of the day, we already started having donations. Um, And the high school was like, we have a theater full of stuff. Like we've been waiting for people to show up and ask, but nobody is. And I was like, well, we're not going to, we don't know who you are. And so they were like, okay, so let, can we bring stuff here? And I was like, please, like, yes. Like they'll take whatever you're willing to, you know, help them with. So, oh my gosh, Saturday came and it was, everyone's bringing chairs, porta potties, canopies, food is being delivered. Um, my volunteers are coming in and I'm just like, okay, here we go. You can you just kind of run with the punches at that point. Yeah. But I just announced, you know, like we've got a lot more donations. If you guys are here, if you guys can, please come and help me organize this stuff. Um, and so that's when, you know, of course, like Maria and, you know, so many people like Dana's working with me right now, Montana. I have to give them a beautiful shout out because these are my wings. These girls have been by my side the entire time and, you know, help me organize myself and make sure that everything is just has a momentum because one person can't do it alone. No, no. <laughs> and that's the thing I saw myself, you know, doing is taking on the world. I was like, okay, cool. We get this going. I want to start a nonprofit. We need to get a resource center up and running. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was, and everyone's like, breathe, uh, relax. Let's take it a day at a time. Yahira. We understand you're motivated, but we need to realistically like see the time frame. So, Oh, so then I had Janet Venteria um, join my team, and she off the bat, oh, I love this woman. She is a badass. End of the day, she works at um, within the school district, and um, she's always hopping around from, like, Walker and the high school. And literally, she came in and was like, I got this. You focus on what you're working on, because I was f- focused um, on day two. I was already focused on housing. I was already, you know, asking people, where are you staying at? Like, are you still in your car? Screw that. Fuck that shit. I was like, no, your babies can. Sorry, again, language. Um, their babies cannot be in a car right now. Look at this smoke. Like, we don't even know what's going to do to us as an adult. Like, I don't even want to think about what it's going to do to our kids. So I personally housed um, three different families that night. Um, and 
I was like, okay, there's so many more and I, I just can't, I wish I could afford it, but I just can't. So I need to start asking for help elsewhere. And so I started my housing department. Um, I had Lori Wolf join my team from Walker Elementary and she, cause we had to, you know, see how many people are in your family. Do you have pets? Like we started, I just started with overall basic questions. We realized we needed to do a lot more work. Um, I had a, a family on day three come to me and said, you know, we have a spare room. If anybody needs a space, they can come to our house. So then that opened up another door, another opportunity that I didn't think about. So we started blasting that and saying, you know, if you have any spare rooms, any, you know, I know a lot of people have, you know, two or three story houses in Ashland. Like if you're not using a floor, please let me know. Um, Cause I have families that are needing just shelter right now. And so, yeah, so then I started, of course, um, trying to supply our families with as much as we could. Um, we started getting, you know, everybody would say, how can I help? And I would just say, you know, just, just be here. You can, if you don't have any financial way you can help them, come and help me organize. You know, I'll use your hands. Um, I don't need money. I need you. Like, I need help, like, yeah. end of the day. And, you know, um, things changed, of course, very rapidly. And so families were reaching out to me saying, you know, I, I want to come see you, but I, I can't make it out there. I don't have any gas money. Like I don't know what to do. And so then I started, of course, um, collecting gas cards, grocery cards and cash. So then I could at least reimburse families to come because a lot of them were up North white city, central point grants path, um, Eagle Point, like all the way, because that's that's where they had to evacuate to, and for them to come all the way back to Ashland, and then have to go all the way back to where they're staying, it was just, it's a lot of money, um, it's a lot of gas that ends up racking up, and so, yeah, so we were there um, from September, I think it was the twelfth, was like the official day of the resource distribution relief center, and. We were there until the end of the month, until October. Did that for about three weeks, so, um, helping so, everybody just try to do immediate relief work. Yeah, yeah. And when you say you were there, it was at your family's restaurant, El Tapatio at El, in Ashland. El Tapatio yeah, in Ashland. Which was closed yes, as a restaurant um, at that time, right? You guys weren't serving food. You totally converted the whole parking lot, yep. everything into a resource distribution center everything yeah. i mean i will send you videos of the progress we made from day one to like day four it yeah. was night and day yeah. it was insane um but yeah it was at el tapatio uh, my parents restaurant um and yeah i mean they didn't anticipate i was gonna take over this way <laughs> none of us did and so my dad at first was like yeah you can give out packages like sure why not like that sounds like a great idea right. um at the time when we were making packages my father had already called like on day two he had already called the firemen from guanajuato our sister city of ashland um and try to get a team out here so they could help us fight these fires yeah um and so he accomplished that they were here um and they were here for i think about a week to help us wow and I had um, no idea. That's, yeah, that's so super cool. My dad again, he's just moving, moving, moving. My father, I swear, it's like he he was just built for this stuff. Um and so yeah, I just kind of took over and um because my father was just so busy, you know, just checking in with people and talking to other people and doing his own thing. So and I just had to take over the entire site. My sisters, you know, they live in Eugene and Portland, so they had to go back home. Um check on their houses, you know, make sure that they weren't getting evacuated. Everybody in Oregon and California and in Washington, we were all in a, a scare. It's yeah. trauma, you know, yeah. not knowing where you're going to go. Where do you run? Right. If we're here and Salem's on fire, Portland's about to be on fire. Like yeah. California's on fire. We're like, where do we run to? Right. I don't even know where to go. And so, yeah, so it was just me pretty much. And then Janet joined my team and then we found Montana. She came and reached out. And Dana, of course, and we just kept having more and more people show up and I started having coordinators. So I was like, okay, cool. Now that I, I have this help, can you help me coordinate this section? So I had my food coordinators. I had my volunteer coordinators. We had our housing department. I just had a full on operation, still do, but just seeing it there and like visibly being there for people was just so impactful that it, it really inspired me to look further 
Yeah. So, um, because, you know, we weren't in a shelter space. We were outside. Yeah. And so rain started coming. Wind started blowing up everything. All our kids' clothes, it doesn't have weight. So one day the wind came and just ruined it all. Oh, no. It was so sad and so horrible. We are like, okay, I think it's time to pack up. So OSF were really sweet. They gave us a, a little room for us to store our supplies in the meantime. And then we, like, at least um, we kept some of it there. But, of course, it was it was too much stuff. So we distributed it to all the different sites um, that were giving out aid. So we took it to Talent, to Phoenix, um, to the, the Home Depot spot at the time, and um, OSF and Living Waters. And then, oh, my gosh. Um, so then I really looked around. I Once we were able to kind of, chaos was kind of more, we were more in a rhythm. I really was able to take a step back and, you know, it, it was a lot every day being out there from, you know, 8.30 in the morning till 11 p.m., it drains you. Yeah. And so I found myself just really being on edge, and I was like, I just need quiet and a weekend away so I can re-gather my thoughts. Yeah. Just meditate, pray, you know, wait for a vision to come so I have clarity on what the next step is. And I did that. Me and my friends, they, they were going camping, and so they were like, you're getting in the car. I don't care what you say. And I was like, I'm all right with that. Let's go. <laughs> and so... I escaped for about three days, came back, and within that time, you know, really got to step away from it all and, you know, see the bigger picture, bird's eye view, it's important. So we keep, you know, moving forward and hopefully filling spots and filling aid where people aren't helping. And so I realized, you know, there's a lot of distribution centers, but I don't happen to see any resource centers. And I feel like that's what we need. Yeah. And so so me and my team decided to kind of focus in on that um, because be trying to migrate ourselves into a resource center instead of a distribution center. Yeah. And when I say resource center, I, what I guess I anticipate is resources, people, everybody around you think because they're sharing stuff that, you know, everybody's aware of it. And sorry, my phone's being so weird. No worries. Um, But the thing is, all this information that they're getting out, all of this help and aid is going mainly to the Angloville, like to the Anglos of the valley, like all of the English-speaking people because the information is not in Spanish. And so I was like, here we go. Now it's time to have those bigger conversations with all these organizations and see why. Like, um, of course, we'll translate it, we'll share it, we'll let people know where to go. But why is it that you don't have somebody on your team that can help you do this already so we don't have to deal with it and right. we can just share it? And so we just started hitting pretty much all big groups, organizations, city councils, me and Edia were just kind of really trying to hit everybody to really push the information to be accessible in both languages. Because the, the Latinx community was really one of the ones that was the most impacted. And for, sorry, and for them to... Um, for them to not even know what help is available, I was like, you guys are trying to help people who you don't even know how to, like, how to reach. So how is that working? And so, yeah, so within the first, like, month, we were really struggling getting all of that up and running. And thank goodness now, you know, we've really been pushing it. And most people now are on the roll of, you know, making everything bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um Within the three weeks that we were out there, we ended up at El Tapatio within the Relief Center. We ended up helping almost about 700 different families. Wow. Wow. 700 families. Yep. That's nice. And it's amazing. It literally gives me goosebumps when I talk about it. Oh, my gosh. It's great. Um, But, yeah, we were able to aid and help about 700 times I was able to do it um, throughout those three weeks. Um, Every day we would, you know, families individually per day would be about minimum 50 to about like 90 families a day were coming in um, to get just gas cards, you know, just 20 bucks, 40 bucks in their pocket, you know, um, some clean socks and underwear, like whatever ever they could of course clothes was a a different situation because you know at the beginning of that you're staying in your car you're staying in a very small space so people couldn't store anything and so i just kept thinking like where are they gonna put the stuff like you guys need to really i I understand we all want to give 
but they're going to need this stuff in the weeks and excuse me, months to come. Not right now. Yeah. So I really pushed like getting like luggage and duffel bags and like storage bins and stuff where people can at least keep their stuff and start accepting things. And yeah, I mean, right now we've kind of really wound down our list. Um, I, I personally talked to everybody um, at the beginning. And then of course, you know, I told them, you know, this information you're giving me is for me and my team know that it's secure, know that it's not going to get in the wrong hands. This is all for my family and I to be able to reach out to you in the weeks to come to make sure that you still have help. Yeah. I don't want you to think I'm here for three weeks and I'm just going to disappear because that's not going to happen. Um, and so, so I just started reaching out after we were done. I said, you know, I have, Oof, we were, we started with about 380 families doing weekly calls. And so I, you know, hit up my sisters, my cousins, everybody, because I told them, I was like, everybody I wanted to help. I had a lot of people reaching out that, you know, grew up in the Valley, but had moved away for school or for whatever it might be. And they were like, how can I help? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, can you be here? And they're like, no. I'd be like, okay, then give me a little bit of time and I'll figure out, um, cause I will need your help. And immediately when I, you know, when I started doing calls, I was like, this is your moment to help us because <laughs> I need to help. And they were like, hey, yeah, let's go. And so all my volunteers, I have a pretty much a volunteer, um, caller list. And so they all have their individual families that we reach out to check in on them. Um, make sure that everybody on our list was in need. Um, a lot of people, you know, some of them were um, just evacuated from their homes. They didn't lose their homes. And so we wanted to just check in and see, you know, do you have your home? Do you not? Um, what are you needing? And so right now, pretty much bi-weekly at this point, we're doing because our orders are just getting so hectic. Um, giving them a call, seeing where they're at. Um, are they still in a hotel? Did they find a home? Now do they need it furnished? let's tell you where to get your stuff. You know, let's, let's let you, and the way I told everybody is like, you know, I just want to make sure, and this is where the resource center comes in, that people just know where to find things. We don't, we're as Latina and Latino people, like we are very proud. We have a pride and we are embedded since birth, you know, hard work and knowing how to just take care of yourself and not ask. Like we're very just, you got this, you know, you don't need to go ask for help. You can take care of it yourself. And it was a learning lesson. It was, it was a big learning lesson for my community. And it still is every single day to just be able to ask, like, can I have some help is, is a big step. And so, um, so yeah, so right now, right now, right now we're, we're, or brought our list down. A lot of our families got settled down. A lot of our families already got keys or accepted into places. And so right now, the families that we're dealing, we're helping is, um, I think our number is at 273. So still about 300 families. Um, but we did bring it down quite a bit, which is amazing to know that, you know, a lot of more people are more settled. And we'll be honest about it too, which is so humbling and so beautiful to be a part of. To, you know, hear them say, you know, actually... We're all working. Um, we're at my sister's. We're just saving up money to get down our down deposit. So we have food here. We have a kitchen. We're okay. Like you can definitely hit up another family. Um, and so it's, it's amazing to just see them lose everything and still have the heart to say, you know what, there's somebody else that needs more help than I do. And so it's been a beautiful just lesson um, from my people to me to just, you know, really look around and be, grateful end of the day you know be grateful for everything that we have for life and to just take day by day because we don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring and everybody asks me all the time like why do you keep doing this how do you keep doing this you know like what you're crazy like you're gonna burn out and I'm like impossible like I I know in my heart and my soul like I won't because again, this is my family and friends. This isn't something that I can just go do a good deed and be like, all right, I did, you know, I, I got my fix. Let me go move on and yeah. keep with my life. It's just like, no, no, I get to come home to a bed. I get to come home and choose when to take a shower, have a kitchen to cook out of, 
I have my car. Like we have our business. Like we are so blessed right now that it's, it's time for us to be their voice. We step up for them because they don't have anything. And so, yeah, so we started that. Um, currently I have a different step. So we, the processing that kind of comes by with everything is, you know, we're, we're allowing people to know where to find stuff. I don't want them to depend even on me um, to get anything. I tell yeah. them, you know, I, I want you guys to find that individuality within you guys as well. I want you guys to get stronger and I want you guys to not feel, you know, shy to go out and get help because this is all the aid that's available. And when I tell them that they can go get free beds and free dressers and free clothes and free food, they're like, whoa, I didn't even know this was here. And I'm like, I know. And that's why I'm here to make sure you're aware of what is here for you. Cause this is for you. All of these things that are around are not for us who are already, you know, on our feet and have our regular life. No, this is all aid for you guys who have lost everything. And I want to make sure it's in your hands. So with our families, of course, um, my focus is, is the bigger families, um, elders, and of course my undocumented um, fellow beautiful family. Um, and so those are the, the, the targets that I'm focused on, my team. Right. I'm not with an organization. I'm not with anybody. Everybody keeps trying to get me on their team. Um, but I feel like, you know, with me and my two girls, Montana and Dana, we've been really just kicking it man I'm not gonna lie we've been killing it <laughs> and we have so much support around us so many different you know parishes churches you know from all religions all colors all beliefs like everyone's here to help because we're all human and so um we're definitely seeing it through until you know we get our our feet more on a different ground and are ready to re um just focus our energy on the next step but as of now we're just pretty much spamming everybody once a week with a weekly newsletter, letting them know what new resources available, what grants they can apply for, what help is there for aid. Um, I make sure my families know the back ends and the little details and contracts, like with FEMA and with you know Red Cross, all the all the pools and all the requirements and everything that comes with it. We want to make sure that we're not, you know, we want to make sure that the information we're giving out isn't going to screw anybody over. Like we're not, those are our last intentions to make any situation worse. So I like to fact check. I like to, you know, get lawyers involved, look at everything, make sure that what you're saying is not going to mess them up later. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like everybody's really, because everyone's listening to me and it's very overwhelming and very scary sometimes. But it's it's beautiful because I have now this, this this power in a way to just know that everything I say is gonna be to benefit my people and not just my people but just people overall because we do also on our list have a few you know American families that are also getting our assistance and are also getting our help and I'm not here to discriminate anybody you know um, we let them know like this is all but with you guys and this is where you know we go more into like a therapy session because i i talk to them and i say you know like let's make sure you have been applying because you have so many just opportunities that a lot of people don't right now so let's make sure that you're getting them because families right now are running scared because they don't know where else they're gonna where they're gonna get their money for their rent at this point um and so yeah i mean we just let them know where to find stuff. And then um, that's where my team comes in because we focus on the items they can't find. So if they're looking for something specifically um, for their household or for their area, like right now, a big demand is, of course, space heaters. Yeah. Um, because it is winter and a lot of families are staying in like garages um, and, you know, just or outside in tents still. Um, good thing is we do have our shift pods now with the elip um he's amazing and they provide them with like little space heaters and in air mattresses and everything in their what little tank that's what like is, just better against the weather conditions but um shift, but yeah space heaters have been just like huge a, it's like a tent yeah it's like a tent but it's like better isolated like insulated i should say not isolated 
insulated and um, just has more protection over the the temperatures outside. And they fully furnish it for them. They, wow. they give them their sheets. They give them their air mattress. They check on it. They make sure. But they don't have like any running water or kitchen appliances that they could put in there. So they're really kind of looking for families that like are staying in other houses where there's multiple families and they have a backyard where they can just set them up. Of course, that was before this winter was coming around the corner and it's freezing now. And so even with those families, we're really pushing, you know, um, to even just get them into a hotel. Um, but yeah, our team is just mainly focused on making sure everybody's aware of everything that's available, supplying them with all their needs that they're needing. Um, as far as expenses go, um, a lot uh-huh. of people, of course, have also been requiring, like asking us for, you know, um, funding for their supplies, for their jobs. A lot right. of them are individual contractors, um, gardeners, cleaning. You know, my mom is a cleaning, like she cleans houses all the time too. And so I, we know what they need for supplies and a lot of cleaning ladies who don't now have their business anymore. They don't know even how to make an income. And so we're really focused on setting people up so they can start back again. So they can just get back on their feet and have that security of knowing that now they don't have to spend another, you know, $500 on supplies um, to even get started. Here's your set. Now you can go start making your appointments and start making that income that you're going to need for your security deposits for your first and last month, you know, for your rent, for life. And so, yeah, we're just really not trying to just disable people from knowing we're really enabling people right now and focus on getting them back on their feet um again i don't want people to depend on me i'm more like here you go here's your stuff and i know that that's exactly what you need because they're not gonna ask me for toilet paper or laundry detergent um it's like i'd girl i'd rather give you you know give me something else like i can tell you where to get that little stuff um so yeah, right now I am also, <laughs> we're working with a different part of the community who reached out, thank goodness, um, and they're helping us do Christmas lists for kids. Mm. And so we're working on a really big, just like, um, it's so sweet. Um, I distribute funds two times a month. I announce it to my community, um, letting them know, you know, we're going to have guest cards, grocery cards, and cash. It's like a little, a little packet. Um, so they have a little bit of everything for at least, you know, a week or two until we have more. And the last one we did was last Thursday and, you know, got the list of all the families and their babies. And you know what these babies are asking for? (laughs) Shoes. Um, like they are, the hearts that they have is just so beautiful, but a lot of them were just like, Ooh, can I get like a red pair of Converse? And we're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) um like what else you know do you want a toy do you want a board game do you want a book like what do you love to do in your spare time we want to make sure that the kids are also you know it's a lot for them to process um and and a lot of them still don't know what's going on um my cousins every day you know when i get to talk to them and ask on the kids she's all like well they just keep wanting to go back home and we keep having to have that conversation with them of telling them, you know, home's not there anymore. And so it's a, a lot of sad, sad moments right now. But, um, but there are so, th- there's some beautiful souls out there that are really fundraising and really reaching out. And, and that's why I want people to know that, you know, they can reach out to me, they can reach out to my team, my family. Um, the restaurant is literally just a landmark. It's not involved with any of the things we're doing. If anything, my parents kind of really lost a lot um, in the first month of everything because we didn't have any power or running water and everything in our restaurant went bad. And so we really needed to start um, from the beginning all over again. And um, it's just, it's it's a lot. We're all going, we were all affected end of the day. You know, if it wasn't indirectly or directly like, it's, it's a lot. And so, yeah, right now I'm just, you know, trying to make sure people just know where to go. If they have questions, if they have concerns, if, you know, they need anything and 
especially now, like, I think just, you know, being consistent is what people are really responding to, which Mm. is, you know, my goal. I tell them, you know, I want to be consistent with you guys. I want to build something sustainable. So we keep helping you in the years to come, not just in the next couple months. I want to build something that's going to be here for years and years and years, because clearly like this resource center, I'm trying to get it up and running. It's going to happen. I'm working with a lot of other, you know, people that are really motivated in getting this up because we didn't know where to go and we don't want, you know, we don't want to have to depend on a small business to pop up again and do all this work. Like we should have, we should, we should have a place. We should have a plan. And cause we don't know what next year is going to bring. We don't know if these fires are going to hit us again. We have no plan. Um, Sorry, I have families texting me. No, um, right. <laughs> they're distracting me a little bit. Um, but yeah, sorry, are I you, told you, you, you are, get me rolling and yeah. I keep rolling. No, so. it's great. Are you, so are, are you guys looking for like a like a physical space right now for your resource center then, or like what are the what yeah. are those next steps in your development? Yeah, no, no, no. We're 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 working on that. Uh, we really wanted to find like a, either like a eligible building or really with me I'm like I would rather build it from the ground up because we want to add like office spaces we want to add like you're doing storytelling we want to add art and we want to add our culture we want to make it a multicultural resource center end of the day we want to make it you know our our name is like we're kind of thinking of doing like casa de cultura so a house of cultures. So not only we're represented, because there's a lot of Salvadorians also that are in our community. You know, there's Guatemalans as well. Like there's different Latinos that aren't just Mexican that, you know, also is important for them to find a safe space where they can see some part of home because yeah. a lot of them will never be able to go back home. And so, yeah, that's kind of what we're working on now. Um, are y'all like fundraising for that or grant writing? Are you looking for help grant writing? Is there? Yeah. So I'm kind of working with a lot of different people. Um, we're trying to figure out what's going to be the best way. Um, end of the day, we are wanting to just build a nonprofit. Um, there's a few that have already been kind of started. Um, but grants, fundraising, I mean, we're I'm fundraising at all times. Like every time, like right now. Oh, I don't have them in here right now. But I just picked up like 16 bags of cans um, that somebody was willing to donate. They save it throughout the year and they were like, this sounds like the cause. So, you know, it might not be a lot, but hopefully it's a few hundred bucks. And I'm like, that's a huge help. Thank you. Um, And so any sort of fundraising or money distribution that we can get a hold of, like I'm all on it. I try to put our name on the list. It gets tough because we're not an organization. Um, Yeah. And I can't give them like a little receipt for their donation. Um, I could definitely guide them. And I know now who I can refer them to so they can write them a tax off receipt. Um, But it's, it's, I feel it's going to be a lot more powerful and a lot clearer and a lot better if we have an actual like nonprofit for this cause, for this resource center, for these families um, to really just feel comfortable back um, and just find some sort of, again, it's holidays, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, um, nonstop. We've been all week trying to, you know, get a list of families who who need food that are staying in hotels. And the good thing is, you know, Royal Food Unites has really stepped up Mm. and they are, you know, supplying people with meals at different, I think it's like four different spots in the Valley right now. And taking it to the hotels because they're the ones that know that you don't have a kitchen to cook out of. Um, And so, yeah, we've been just just trying to keep people healthy at this point. Just keep them going and try to lift their spirits a little bit and make them feel more comfortable because times are really tough right now. And, you know, it's 2020 and I don't know why we – sorry, grab a microphone – I saw it. <laughs> um, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. So I feel like the only way to get out of this and the only way to flourish and to be better is united, is together, is as a team, is checking in on each other. And with all the different organizations, I am actually today reaching out again to update our resource list um, to see what aids are giving. Um, 
so people know because I know like um access um they're helping people with their security deposits for their places if they get approved and a lot of families don't know that and a lot of families trust me would not hesitate to even get up or to go apply like everyone's like I have money to put down anything so why am I going to start looking if I don't know where to get this from and so so it's a lot of steps a lot of families are in different places but you know um we're just always trying, trying, trying our best to just keep our list growing, um, reach out to more families. Um, we know there's more families that have not gotten any aid. And so whenever we do have um, an opportunity to bless a family, I ask them, they tell me, you know, thank you. And I'm like, it's not for me. It's from all the community. Like, I'm just here as the glue. I like to say, you know, I like to just be the seed that started the conversations within both communities um, because there was such a disconnect um with both of them and there always has been but hopefully this hopefully this unfortunate situation will help us unite and help us merge both communities because they have things that we could definitely you know use and they need our skills they need our talent they need our work we're very hardworking people so you put us to work oh trust me we're not going to disappoint and so yeah more questions? Sorry. I keep like getting off track. I feel like. No, no, it's all, it's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you're busy and I, I just, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, so I guess I'll just ask the, my last question here. Um, mm-hmm. maybe second to last, uh, That's fine. and it's something that I ask everybody, uh, what do you do for self care? Uh, cause you, you're working long days, probably every day of the week. Earlier, you yep. mentioned that your friends dragged you out camping for a couple of days. What kind of stuff do you do to like rest and recharge and take care of yourself? Um, I'm a very spiritual person, actually. Um, I've learned it's been kind of a, a learning process for me the last couple of years. Um, but I, I think it's just finding, you know, that that thing that you love and finding five minutes to do it. I personally love to dance. I'm, oh, cool. I'm, and so I find, you know, if I get home and I'm just overstressed, I get out of my car and I just dance, <laughs> dancing to my stars, to my moon, to everything around me, whatever it is, I just start moving. Um, because dancing really personally helps me let it out. Mm. <laughs> it helps me release all of this pain, all of these stories, all of this work, that I continue to put on myself. Um, and it's, it's my way of healing. Um, I med- I mean, I love meditation. I, I love just finding literally whenever I have, even right now, when I pull up to my house, um, I like to stay in my car for an extra 10 minutes before I jump in because I know I need a second to breathe. Um, that was special guest, Yahida Padilla. To support the work that she is involved with, you can donate through Venmo at Latinx Fire Relief, or you can donate to a GoFundMe that they have, uh, which is titled Help Buy Appliances for Almeida Fire Victims. Uh, You can either go directly to the GoFundMe or the Venmo, which will post links to both on our Facebook page, or you can uh, contact one of the organizers, Isadora Millet, uh, at her phone number, 541-415-5849. Um, some of the items that they're looking for include six vacuums, three to four bar stools, 13 space heaters, pots and pans, as many as they can get their hands on because everybody needs some, 10 blenders, three large adult jackets, laundry vouchers, dishes and silverware, or really uh, any and all kitchen appliances, uh, anything and as much as they can get a hold of. Two microwaves, one small, washer and dryer, gift cards, which include gas cards, uh, prepaid visa cards, or grocery cards, a weed whacker, three generators, and two grills. Uh, People here, as you can see, still need a lot of stuff. So uh, if you have funds, you can donate your money through the Latinx Fire Relief uh, Venmo or uh, through the GoFundMe. Or if you have some of those items on the list, uh, go ahead and get in contact with Isadora and uh, see if you about donating some of those. 
uh, and I just have to say, you know, one of the coolest things about these folks is that they're going to make sure, like if you're giving money, they're going to make sure that that money gets into the hands of the people that need it. I think we all know that one of the issues with really large, well-known nonprofit aid organizations is that sometimes things fall through the cracks. Sometimes money gets spent on stuff that maybe it shouldn't get spent on, things that don't actually directly help folks. Yahida and the people that are working with her, they're going to make sure that the money that they get, all of it, gets into the hands of the folks that need it most. And that's super cool and super admirable in my book and uh, just respect. So Yahida, thank you again so much for coming on this podcast. Really appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. Please, please keep it up. I know that our community appreciates it and we need it. Community Talk with Tommy is produced by Justin Silva, Austin Roberts, Hillary Wallace, and myself with the help of our creative consultant, Max Goldman. I'm your host, Tommy Letchworth, and if you like what you heard, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on most other platforms where podcasts can be found. Find us on Facebook at Community Talk with Tommy. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This episode of Community Talk with Tommy is brought to you by Cultural Appropriation. Are you white but love cornrows? Or maybe you'd like to get a tribal tattoo but are worried you don't know enough about them? Well, now thanks to Cultural Appropriation, you can steal parts of cultures you know nothing about. Do you understand the connection to jaw that dreadlocks represent to Rastafarians? Of course not! But never fear, with Cultural Appropriation, your ignorance is bliss. Just go ahead and dread. Get it now for the white person in your life who has everything.